Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Hi, welcome to Wonderful and Strange. I'm Peter. I'm Celia. And this week we did 1987's Prince of Darkness. But before we get into that, what have you been up to this week? Not a lot. Not a lot, it's never <laughs> not a lot. lot. Not, well, not at the moment, no. no. Not at all. Just think how much I'm going to do when I'm free. When you're free. When I'm free. I wish I could just not work. That would be ideal. But yeah, and then you'd have time to do things that yeah. you wanted to do. <laughs> but you wouldn't have any money. If you don't worry, you wouldn't have any money. It's getting a balance, isn't it? Yeah, that's mm. it. Need to win the lottery. I, I went to the pub this week. <gasps> did you? I did. I went to the pub to watch the football. Oh. I didn't really want to watch the football. No. But um, I. It's nice to do something went different. Went to socialise. Yeah. yeah, it was more to go to socialise, really. So that was nice. It's very special to just that. go out mm. now. Yes. I mean, we are able to go out now more often, but it still feels a bit weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it's getting into that kind of routine again of doing stuff yeah like it doesn't occur to me to do something like that anymore it doesn't occur to me yeah because you're that used to it yeah yeah that's it it's it's kind of you're that used to staying in it's like well i could go out but also i could stay just why why go out why Mm. why do we need to yeah what have i done this week not a lot not a lot really (laughs) but uh, there's one thing i have done what so i was a guest on another podcast. Oh, yeah. I have jumped ship. <laughs> so I was guest on Who's There, a podcast about horror fans this week. It should be dropping July, August time. Oh, cool. So it's a nice lady called Alison mm-hmm. who is a horror fan and she is part of the Horror Virgin community. Yeah. As part of that, that podcast. And she started a podcast in lockdown where she basically talks to other horror fans and podcasters and and sort of 
anybody wants to chat to her really about <laughs> horror and, and so much has come out of lockdown that's good isn't it yeah like, so many projects have got off the ground in lockdown because you've had time on your hands yeah. it's great so yeah so i had a little chat with her and uh, that was quite nice so she is available on anchor itunes spotify and cool. it's who's there a podcast about horror fans and at who's there pod if you cool. want to follow her and check her out what did you talk about? So all sorts. Just like <laughs> what's your favourite what's your favourite horror film, how you feel about lockdown and yeah, all sorts of stuff really. Yeah, it was good. Anything. Nice cool. little nice little chat. It's nice to have chats, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. Also, as well, potential for being in a film. <clears throat> Very exciting. So basically a trauma produced movie is happening very excited and it's directed by liam regan and he is doing an open call in september in sheffield to go and film as part of the crowd for the band unquiet dead that sounds cool yeah because their song Ash is on the soundtrack, so they're going to be in it doing a doing what shooting doing a performance, performance, and you can be in the crowd. Cool. So if you are interested, you can join the Facebook group Movie Shoot with Liam Reagan and Unquiet Dead, and also you can follow Unquiet Dead on Twitter at Dead Unquiet. So <laughs> they. <laughs> they um yeah if you if you are interested just go, go into the group and express your interest because they need to know for numbers and stuff yeah. and then more information's going to come out why not i am so there oh well, yeah when if not i've never been to sheffield they had me at trauma <laughs> they had me at trauma i was like trauma i'm in it's going to be awesome also if you want a sort of if you want an idea of what liam regan's about there's a trailer uh, on Twitter for My Bloody Banjo, which I think he did in 2016. And that kind of gives you a, a sense of like the kind of film he's about. Basically kind of B-movie horror. Fun. Sounds excellent. It's, it's mm. pretty good. So I'm very excited about that. So hopefully we'll be extras in a film. Yay! <laughs> what are we going to wear? <laughs> don't know. I'm just getting my lockdown hair. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what the dress code is yet they're kind of goth well, i hope it's kind of adidas goth. oh they're kind of gothic so it might be a bit well, gothic i don't know I fine. i've probably got some black and white just wear some black somewhere. yeah yeah so yeah that's uh that's, that's it so far yeah <laughs> everything's starting to come back isn't it now after lockdown everything's I'm excited like taking place it'll be great yeah so, in all that crazy fun, this week we covered Prince of Darkness from 1987, directed by our good friend John Carpenter. It scored a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, and the synopsis is Students and scientists uncover an ancient canister in an abandoned church. When they open it, they unleash an evil force on humanity. Mm. Mm. Written a haiku. Ah. Science, religion, mysterious canister. Is this the devil? Mm. <laughs> Pretty much sums up. Haiku, the beauty of the haikus, it really simply sums up any film. It sums up anything. You can just say whatever you need to with a haiku. <laughs> Great. I'm loving it. I'm really loving you it. Should, you need to publish at the end of the year your I have them haikus. all on my yeah on my laptop. Some illustrations. They're all there ready. Yeah. Some illustrations. You could I'll do illustrate the illustrations. It. Yes. <laughs> <gasps> That'd be great. We should do this. We should we absolutely should. do this. Oh, maybe. <laughs> 
So, we've watched The Thing and we've watched In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. And this is the third film in the Apocalypse trilogy, as it is known. And John Carpenter has said that the three collectively form a complete picture of the gradual erosion of humanity. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know, right? So, The Thing is an erosion of the sense of self. Right. Prince of Darkness is an erosion of the sense of belief. And In the Mouth of Madness is the basically complete destruction of reality as we know it. Oh dear. Yeah. Sam Neill. Oh, I Sam. I think if reality is going to be destroyed, we, if we could keep one person, it should, it should be, be Sam, Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> it should be Sam Neill. Oh. So, yeah, it was shot in just over 30 days. That's quick. I know. And it takes place in 1987 and 1999. And it was sort of, it was kind of brought about by Deborah Hill, who had a dream of a vague, dark figure exiting a church which filled her with dread. Mm. So basically, John Carpenter wrote a story. Who's Deborah Hill? She's the producer. Oh, okay. She produced a lot of stuff with John Carpenter. Mm. Like, they had a good partnership. Yeah. So, a lot of her. Them producing a lot of stuff, just the dream. <laughs> the dream. A lot of her um, sort of input, she she put a lot of like strong female characters in, like mm. Laurie Strode in Halloween and stuff like that, right. so it's pretty cool. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he wrote the screenplay, but apparently he's under the pseudonym of Martin Quatermass, <laughs> which is uh, brought about from Bernard Quatermass, I think. What about that Pitt film? Quatermass in the Pit, whatever that was. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Seen that. I think it's something like that. Yeah, to something that? to do with I that. I am very ignorant of this. It's something like that. So, yeah, we start a live films presents. And we get a moon and a church and an old man with a trinket box. So starting out gothic. It's very gothic. Beginning. Yeah, it's very gothic, isn't it? Then we get John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. And then it it's really strange because it sort of flicks back and forward. It's very sort of choppy editing. Mm. And then uh, we get University Life and we get Brian the Mustache Man. Mustache Man. I kept just calling him Mustache. <laughs> who's sort of staring at this girl, this like ginger-haired girl. I still don't know her name. There was that many people, I just didn't know There was know a lot of people called. in this film. They all had big hair. They all had massive hair. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the credits. And then we cut back to the church and the old man and the nun goes to check on him. And then I think think he isn't there and then somebody else is like oh uh, yeah he went to hospital he never regained consciousness <sighs> and then and then you're like oh all right then then we get donald pleasance who apparently is known as priest he's just known as just priest. priest well he doesn't suit having a, a simple like little name he needs like a proper title, he needs a proper type type title name. Yeah. yeah and then he's like I think he's sort of there to see what this guy was about. And he's mm. like, why was this guy here? And they were like, oh, I had a meeting with the cardinals or whatever. I don't know if they were cardinals. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about religion. I assume they were cardinals. I feel like cardinals are in red. What's that baseball team? And they had red. Or isn't there a basketball team or a baseball team called the cardinals? Probably. I don't know. Who knows? I don't. So he ends up looking through this guy's personal effects and I feel like he finds this little trinket box mm. that he had on top of him and I think he opens it and there's a key in it. So he's like, ooh, ooh hello. what is this? And then it cuts back to the uni uh, and a guy, oh, it's, um, is it is it Tremors? It's Tremors man. Victor Wong. Victor Wong. Yeah, from Tremors. Which you said, oh, it's that guy from Tremors and I was like, that's where I that's knew him who from. He is. Yeah. 
Because because we we, po- we posited the theory that this happened to him first, yeah. and then he moved to the desert to run a shop to get, to get a bit of, of peace yeah, and quiet, to get a bit of space from the city academic. Because this was a like, bit stressful nightmare scenario yeah. he found himself in, and obviously, it went and then he got the into graboids. Yeah, poor guy, just give him a break. <laughs> so he he's sort of staring outside, and then walks into this building, and then we cut to uh, Donald talking to who I assume are cardinals because they were they had red on. I assume there's some kind of higher-up mm. churchy, I don't know. And, it, yeah, he's on about this key. And then it cuts back to uni, and it's uh, it's Victor Wong talking about beliefs and what we can learn about them and how it's kind of like the, the sort of science versus belief mm. kind of thing, and it's like the truth. The truth is flesh and, and tangible, and you can see it, etc. But then we know time to be true, mm. but you can't see time, but we do have clocks yeah. that you can... See something like that. Something like that. You certainly can see clocks. And then, and then he's kind of talking about yeah, because then he's talking about the passage of time and how like a fruit will rot over time, Mm. and how people are born and the age, and that's like a tangible sort of view. Yeah. Of time, because you can see it happening, basically. And then he's like... And then he starts talking about when logic and reason collapse. And then starts talking about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. What a lecture. <laughs> I know. He covers everything. He covers everything. I think it's kind of a... It's, it's that kind of, like, basically science versus belief, mm. which is a sort of old backwards and forwards yeah. that, that has been going on for years and years and years. So in this meantime, Donald's at an old building, which is an old church, and he enters this huge door, and he's, like, having a nosy about and seeing. Apparently that old church, when he goes down into the basement area, yeah. that was an old ballroom, apparently. Oh. It was an old ballroom, but um, it was so dilapidated that they all had to sign waivers that they were actually allowed in there. Wow. So because it just felt a bit... Yeah. Oh, wow. So they didn't sue, that basically. It's a dilapidated ballroom. If yeah. you sign a waiver to go to a ballroom, yeah. it's dilapidated. Yeah. They didn't want to get sued. So then it um, it cuts back to uni and uh, Brian's coming out of the uni and it's dark. And I was like, how long was that lecture? Because... Mm. It definitely was the morning when you went yeah. in there. And he sees that girl that he likes with somebody, but he's kind of looking at her longingly like, oh, I like you. Then we cut back to Donald, who's typing up his findings of, of whatever he's found, and it's an unusual phenomenon. Mm. And then we cut back to the lecture again of, of sa- like basically science disproving stuff. Because that's what you do, yeah. You know, and he's trying to he's trying to explain how science tries to impose order on the universe, and it's not what we had in mind. So it's kind of it's that kind of thing. Somebody, it's like they said the Earth was flat, and then mm. somebody came, but had more technology, and was like, well, actually, it isn't. Yeah, actually it and isn't. then you kind of build on that kind of stuff, yeah. isn't it? Do you, do you find it interesting how scientific theories get published and then they get disproved? Yeah, it's like. You just published it, and now but someone then, else has disproved it. And it's like it's just builds. But then, without it? that first thing, you wouldn't get you wouldn't the progression. Get, yeah, you have it's to like start building somewhere. Blocks of, yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's crazy how how fast it goes as well. Mm. So, uh, Victor Wong is at the church to meet Donald, and they walk into a room of gold. Oh yeah, and I was like, gold. there is so Candles. much gold in that Do, room. Right. Why? So I was thinking, obviously, this green canister is like secret 
thing in the film and yeah, it's really, really it dangerous from... and it's hidden. Who's been keeping the candles lit? That old man that died. Is that all he did? Yeah, that was his job. Why did he not warn any of anyone else like to keep out or something? They should have had a little note like in The Conjuring under strictly no circumstances oh, yeah. should this be open. Or got someone else to continue lighting the candles. Well, I think the point is... Seems to be incredibly he, wound up by this, apparently. I think, it, I'm sure he, he talks about it, there's basically always somebody that's mm. guarding this thing, but it was his job, but obviously then he died. But then I think somebody else was going to take over. And science, scientists and then came in, in and opened it. Yeah, mm. basically, yeah. So, yeah, there's... Bas- I think that... I don't know if this priest had an appointment to be like, I'm not well, I need someone to take mm. over from me, or... There's this big canister in this church, and we need to do something about it, kind of thing. Imagine like your granddad ringing you up and being like, I've "Got a right, You need to quit your job. I've got a new one. You need Bye. to guard this green slime. Like, no, 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 no." So this priest left a diary, and he's like, "You need to help us, science man." Then it cuts to Brian playing patience, and it's talk, and he's got the TV on, and it's talking about the discovery of the supernova on TV. So it's like new discoveries and mm. new science and new technology and all this kind of stuff. So then they uh, pull up to the church, and then I think it's uh, Donald Pleasant saying that this priest was this guardian, and every day would open this door mm. to go down to this canister thing and he and he sort of says it, it's i think it was there since the 1500s and it was like a, a sort of sect of people who mm. were sort of sworn to guard this guard thing it. but but nobody knew about it why did it get to america like it must have come over i don't know on the mayflower it probably came through with that tree for uh houdini like leprechaun that oh, tree yeah 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 probably yeah. came on the yeah. same boat yeah so it says it was a secret before he died and he would pass it on to somebody mm. but obviously he never got a chance to do that because he died before it happened and they go through down into this basement thing and it's like a room full of crosses there is crosses everywhere uh, and candles everywhere mm-hmm. which are lit and unattended yeah and i was like that might be flammable, that canister. It could be very flammable. Might be a can of petrol. I don't <laughs> it could know. Could be. Could be a can of petrol that's been guarded for for five hundred years. But also, no. Also, it might have just gone up and then it wouldn't be protected because mm. it'd be in flames. But anyway, Did you know, petrol fumes know. are f- more flammable than the liquid. Yes. Oh, I did. Oh well, must be coming. Knowledge. I only just found this out as a scientist. I only just found this out. Yeah, it's something to do with the like the structure of it, I think, or mm. something. I didn't know that much. I just but, knew. So, yeah. so apparently, if like you could light petrol, mm. and it might not come like with a match, you could stick a match in petrol, and it might not actually ignite. But the vapor all around it Wood. ignites. Yeah. yeah, so it's not the liquid; it's the vapor, which I find weird. I would too. assume it's something to do with like oxygen bonding to it. Probably. Maybe. I find I find I think, flammable things so weird. It's quite scary, really. It's scary, isn't it? How things can be flammable. Mm. Like, something wooden could burn under yeah. the right circumstance. It could just burn away to nothing. I find yeah. it so weird. But then other things don't. Don't, yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? 
So, so yeah, they get they get to this room full of crosses, and there's this massive weird canister with green in it, and then uh, there's a big book of sort of ancient text, and uh, and he's sort of saying the original text has been distorted or rewritten, so it's unclear mm. what it is, and they're like, I don't actually know what it says. I need somebody to translate it for me, and he says something about a secret that can no longer be kept, and uh, and the change started a month ago. So, obviously, something started to shift, and that's probably why this guy had this meeting, Mm. because he was concerned about this green goo. So, then it cuts back to uni, and they're talking about about spontaneous combustion, and then they go on to talk about Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. And how, if you open... If you open it, it's reality. But if you don't open it, it might be dead. It might not be dead. Mm. There's all sorts Even of different I scenarios. Even I I was like, that's not a PhD subject. No. I feel like I know about that. You need to watch telly. Yeah, I know, yeah. To have heard sci-fi to have heard of Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. So um, they go to class, but they find out that there's no class and they've been summoned by the lecturer to go to this place over the weekend and they don't really know why... I'd be like, oh, I don't really want to get involved in extracurricular activities. But I feel like it's maybe like, oh, you know, it could be extra for your course or whatever. So they're like, yeah, cool, whatever. They, students have to do so much stuff if they want to be like good, getting the best uni. marks. If they yeah. want to stand out. You have to do all the. Ex- I was like, oh, I'm not doing a single thing because <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I won't. Do bare minimum, thank you. So. Brian introduces himself to this girl he's been staring at, who's Catherine. And they have a little chat and they're sort of saying, they're they're like, oh, the lecturer is so brilliant and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, people at uni do not talk like this. And they're they're like, oh, the the posits of the theories of, (laughs) of science and stuff. And I was like, no, no one talks like that at uni. They're like, are you getting pissed this weekend? Yes. Yeah. I'm going out. I imagine. Or I was out yeah. last night and I'm still hungover, basically. So, whatever. So then uh, he's like, so uh, what are you studying? Which is the standard chat-up line. That always used to make me laugh because uh, me and my friend used to go to the Sugar House. Oh, yeah. For student nights, but we weren't students at the time. Wow. She just had friends who worked there, so we managed to get in. And then you get people coming up to you. So what do you study? I don't. I'm 26. So sometimes I'd be like, I don't. I I work. I'm 26. And they'd be like, oh, my God. Because uh, they're like... You're so old. They're like 18. Uh, but then... Work. But then sometimes... I used to make shit up and be like, <laughs> right, so uh, what do you study? Nuclear physics. <laughs> it was great. It was fun. I liked it. It was a fun game. I bet, though, if you said that, you'd get some that would be like, oh, yeah, so what's what's HM squared plus nine? No, normally they'd just be like, oh, okay, uh, then. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun game. It wasn't always nuclear physics. Sometimes it was other things. But yeah, it was you good You could fun. study everything, making it up. I you could, could study, study anything, anything I want. Sometimes it was art history. Oh. Sometimes it was English literature. Oh. Yeah, it was great. You could really go specific. You could do like English literature featuring like... The works of William Harry Blake. Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. I'd love to study Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl was great. I never read Roald Dahl at all. Like, 
Apart from oh, when it used it. to be read to us at school, I had no idea about any of those Matilda books. Matilda was my favourite. I've seen the film. I always got called Matilda because I looked like yeah, the so little drawing of Matilda. <laughs> the little drawing of Matilda that Quentin Blake did. That's oh. basically what I looked like as a child. Yeah, it was great. So, so yeah, so he's like, what are you studying? She's like, theoretical physics. And then he's like, well, people who look like you don't normally study theoretical physics. And she's like, well, that's quite a sexist remark, isn't it? Well, yeah. And and he's like, oh, I was just trying to be cute and chat you up. That's so cute. And then she goes quiet and then then she's like, I need to leave. And then he's like, (laughs) oh, oh shit, I've ruined that. And he's like, can we start over? Let's try this again. Because obviously that went down like a lead balloon maybe we could discuss theory over dinner and then uh, the group assembles and then basically they're sort of saying that you could improve your class averages by doing this project and you can stay stay there with other departments there'll be like loads of different scientists there and it'll be great we'll have a lovely time but he doesn't tell them why they're there Mm. he's like i'll tell you in good time he never, told them. Yeah. he never told he them. He should have what told it was. them what they were getting themselves into. Like, I know he didn't know, I think but he, he should have been like, by the way, I don't know what this thing is. We found is. this mysterious green goo. We don't Although, know what it is. That might encourage them, actually. Yeah. Because if you're like, I found a thing, I don't know what it is, I'd be like, I'm, I'll be there. I want to know what it is. That's like science. It's like, oh, science, mm. we will prove what it is. Curious. I think he gets to the church, does the doctor, does uh, Victor want, and he sees a woman with ants on her. Mm. and it's weird it's a bit weird and then donald donald pleasance is there and he's chatting about god and how he lives in all atoms and he's basically everywhere and then they're sort of saying that they need to translate this book and then prove it scientifically and then the lecturer i think the lecturer says something about locking this thing away like shouldn't it be locked up like somewhere Do we, should well, we be messing it with it it occurred to me i was like it so Considering what happened, would it not have been better to have had it transferred somehow to a secure lab where it couldn't get out and where, yeah. like, they should have in, a, in like a boxed up up room or something, it yeah. and taken it in one of those escorted tankers that the National Guard yeah. like brings? Because it could have been like poten- like potentially hazardous. It could have been hazardous. Something. Yeah, yeah, they don't know what it could have been. It could have been explosive. They were not adhering should to have their put cost it in a guidelines. Bunker. No. They were not. No. No. Oh, those Sikosh guidelines drive me mad. They drive oh, me they're mad. They're so long, aren't they? Yeah, but we need them. We need them for safety. We need them for safety. I just can never remember so, the rules. So, uh, so yeah, he's he's on about locking this thing away or whatever, and then uh, and then priest is like, no prison can hold him now, and I was like, oh my god, he's gonna go full Loomis. <laughs> he never did go full Loomis, he, which upset me. He like he he got circled. there a little bit. He's sort of like, what's that thing um, where the moon goes around the earth? What's that what? thing? Well, you know when the moon goes around the cycle of the moon, like phases um, of the moon. Rotates around it. What? Like he like approached being Loomis levels, but he never. He just went he round the ass, orbit. Around the, orbit. Oh, there we go. <laughs> he, Shit. He was... <laughs> Using words. Yeah, he orbited oh. around Loomis. He orbited Loomis, but he never. But he crash never went landed. full Loomis. Yeah. yeah. So um. So uh. Yeah. Mustache Brian flirts with this girl some more. What did I say her name was? Catherine. Oh. I think it was Catherine. Mm. So they're, they're sort of chatting and they're there. And then they wake up in bed. And I've just put, that is a Tom Atkins move right there. Because yeah. literally, they're talking next minute. Oh, they're together now. It does happen in some films where it's like... It's always they Tom Atkins They introduce films. each other. Yep. And then 
that then joined at the hip for the rest of the film. The re- Tom Atkins films. Yeah. There's always Tom yeah. Atkins films. I'd love to know what he says to this, these women because he must be it's very persuasive. Charm, absolutely. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Brian, Brian goes outside and he's looking pleased and then they kind of have a chat and they're together and it's all a bit weird. And then it cuts to the, the sort of... There's like a sort of group of homeless people loitering outside this church throughout the film and alice cooper is there alice cooper. as the head of them he's pale isn't he he's is very pale so he he met john carpenter at wrestlemania once <laughs> which i thought was amazing and he basically invited him along to the set and i think he went to sort of watch some of the effects and stuff so then he got offered the role as the leader of the anti-god people on the streets so they're the anti-god people apparently my only knowledge of alice cooper comes from watching the wayne's world film where they got tickets to go and see him and that's the only (laughs) knowledge i have of him talking about the history of milwaukee yeah he's like it's actually milwaukee and wayne's like cool okay cool i love it he's great i saw him live actually did you yeah was it good he supported who did he support was it motley crew i think it was motley crew motley crew and alice cooper it was great has he still got long hair Oh, has he cut it? Yeah, it's still long. Why not? Apparently he's, key, he's a keen golfer, which made me sort of upset. I was what? like, that's not very rock and roll. What does he Alex. wear to golf? Does he wear plus fours? and like? I'd like to think hat. he goes in uh, his full like, Alice Cooper goth. Sleeveless yeah. jumpers with the diamonds on and like Pringle socks. Pringle socks. Yeah, yeah. white golfing shoes. Pringle jumpers. Yeah. My dad used to love a Pringle jumper. He always had Pringle jumpers. And because yeah. when we were younger as well, they were like red with like yellow, green, purple diamonds on. They yeah. weren't just like... Plain. Yeah, they were like the outlandish. Yeah, yeah. You can get them in cardigan form. I'd like too. to think he goes in full like goth, goth gear. Yeah. I wonder if he Top had back. like custom made a Pringle jumper with like goth various themes. diamonds of black. Yeah, and various gray. shades of black and maybe like a white little edging. Yeah, and like Dot Martin golf. I'd wear shoes. it. I'd wear it. It sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've never golfed. No, I haven't. I find it quite dull. I, I don't understand it. I think it would be one of those games that when you're good at me. it, it's enjoyable. But it won't be enjoyable until, until you, you get, get to a good certain level where you can actually have a decent chance of getting the ball where it's supposed to go. Yeah. So like your first three tries, I'd be like, I'd give up, I'd not do it. I just don't see how. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I've not hit it for an hour. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'd kick the um, the green up with my... What's the big club? The wedge or whatever. I don't know. The big... That big club. Wedge... No, nine iron. The, the sort of chunk, I feel like I'd just take the lawn off with it oh, and yeah, get yeah. thrown out by the groundskeeper. Yeah, you're ruining my grass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, so yeah, so Alice Cooper's there with his friends and they're staring at the sun across from the church. They're just staring and it's all very ominous. Then the science team assembles at the church to see all these homeless people outside staring at them and it's very odd, but they kind of ignore it. Mm carry on unloading their equipment the girls go in and they're like oh this church is a bit creepy isn't it and then they're, they're like yeah it was i'm sure does some somebody say oh yeah this church it was going for a bit but then they shut it down or something mm. so it's been derelict for ages and they're all setting up and then dr Leahy joins and then he's like what are we doing here victor wong but he still doesn't tell him no <laughs> He tells nobody what they're doing. How do you get a large group of academics to come to a house 
without any For reason. science. That's the just, reason. Just give them a generic science task. Science. We yeah. need science to be done. They All gave right, up then. on their dates. That uh, One of them had a date. Oh, that guy, he was so yeah. like, oh, I've got a date. And then mm. he's like, have you? Have you really? And he's like, yes, yes, I have. And he's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> and uh, and then they kind of, yeah. So he's he's complaining about his date. There's another guy doing chemistry, but they're like, what are we testing? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just doing science right now. I have no you idea. You can tell they're doing science because there's monitors with dials that have lights and it's that eighty kind of bleeping and flashy lights and stuff like grey, yeah, white off white grey boxes with black yep. kind of keys on. Yep, yep. Yeah, eighty science. Amazing. Mm. So the um, the woman comes who's the translator of text. And she's got a PhD in Latin or whatever she's she says. She's got a PhD. I've got this. And... Mm-hmm. All right then, get translating, woman. So she's translating this text immediately, and it says something about a thing being unleashed. So, but nobody seems to be bothered about this. So just carry yeah. on. Do you ever think <laughs> science people don't take anything seriously until it like it's too late? Yes. Whereas believers Until it's proven. are out of there before anything goes wrong. Because science people want a proven yeah. theory first. So like want hard peak. evidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, John Carpenter worked with Donald Pleasance, Victor Wong and Dennis Dunn again because he enjoyed working with them in previous oh. films. I think he worked with them in uh, Escape from New York oh, yeah. and then Halloween and... Yeah. It's always nice to hear that because yeah. you hear so many stories about directors being nightmares to work with or actors like being. The I nice think to hear that he's that quite a nice director. Yeah. He seems quite chill. Well, why not? But yeah, he, um, he basically like was like, I'll work with him again because I enjoyed it, and I think they enjoyed collaborating with him. So, so uh, nice. the next like meeting, he'd sit down with the writer and write, I need. Donald Pleasance, Victor Wong, and Donald Dunn. Don't care what the story is. Just need to have him in it somehow. We must have these, have these people three in. disparate people. I think he wrote the parts specific for them, oh. actually. Yeah, I think he did. So that's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. But you find, you do find a lot of directors do work with a lot of the same people yeah. over and over again because if they just click, they like, kind of just um, get it. Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But then they do work well together. Don't yeah, they, that's so. it. If you find a good balance David Lynch of work, and um, Dale Laura Dern, Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the system works. It works. I love it. So Donald Pleasance comes in. They're like, oh, this is this is wonderful. It's all it's all looking very good. There's all these bugs appearing on the windows as well, which is quite mm. ominous. I didn't like in particular the worms at one point. There was a the lot windows. of worms. Like, like, how are they stuck, stuck on the window? Like, I understand ants or spiders being on the window. They but defied worms. the laws of physics. It must be quite sort of jelly-like to adhere. Sticky. Sticky worms. Like the like that them things that you used to wang at the window when you were a kid. And oh, those I little never, sticky like I never they used, used to, to do roll down the window. Thing. It was very good. I can't remember what they were called. Just used to have old fashioned toys. <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of saying, Yeah, we're ready, we've we've set everything up and they all head down to this secret bit where this green goo is. And then Donald's like is gaining strength. I can feel mm. it. I can feel its energy around me. I don't like it. And then this this uh, translator woman's still translating, and the, and it's talking about abominations of the earth, and and sort of it's all oh. very sort of like fire and brimstone and bad mm. juju afoot. 
more and more bugs keep coming and they still don't know why they're there there's still no idea apart from that there's this green thing that they need to find out what it is and one of the scientists is like is there a reason why no one's opened it and they're like well it might be toxic we don't sense. know what it is that's exactly. why common sense don't open i wouldn't open it open a a container green. of mysterious green. No. Mm, especially enough if it's green. And it's moving all the time as Moving well. mysterious shiny it's green. They wouldn't open it. And it's also got a complicated medieval lock. Yeah. That locks from the inside apparently. Do you ever think in, there's, in loads and loads of films there's stuff like this where there's like a, a book or like a box or something that's been like locked and you mustn't unlock it and then someone does and but something bad happens. people are like, oh, just open yeah. this. It's been locked for a reason. And Do not trust they it. Always, someone always finds a book, like a medieval text that tells them how to trap it again. Like, how did these medieval people know hmm. how to trap it in yeah. the first place? But maybe they had to figure it out to trap it in the first place. So yeah. they were like, well, write it down. Write it and down. And then it doesn't happen it. again. Yeah. In case some dumb idiot opens it again, which obviously so happens. I found out. What? Recently, how to make a quill. You know, for writing, like a feather. Oh, yeah. You get the feather, cut the end a little bit, and you have to put it in hot sand for like an hour. You have to heat sand. So if you was to do oh, it really? now, you'd heat sand up in the oven and then put it in for half an hour, and that like seals it all. But it still has the hole inside. Ah. Like seals the, the Is inner it so surfaces. like it doesn't So it's not like porous. And through. Does, yeah, yeah, so it's like cool. makes it solid and like a good writing surface. Ah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You have to do it. Mm, will I? Will I? I need a feather first. You've got a lot of uh, projects. <laughs> I've got, got one too many projects at the moment. I can't make quill. I could, you should, can't be making quills. Unless I wrote a quill, like I made a quill and wrote my project list with the quill. I like it. Do it. I'm manus- No. No, no. no. I if, think you should. If I find a feather, I will make a quill. Okay. But if I don't find a feather, I'm not going to go looking for one. No. Only if I find a feather. A good feather. It's if got I, to be a good if feather. I come yeah. across a good feather, I will make a quill. Excellent. But not otherwise. <laughs> oh. So this science woman, she's like, shouldn't we be taking samples from this mysterious goo? And then they're talking about these equations that they found from the text. They're like, there's these weird equations. And then one of them is like, are they differential equations? And then they're like, no, because they weren't even figured out at this point. Yeah, how these equations coming out of this text that's predates. They don't even know what yeah. they are. I, mm. I wouldn't touch it. It's bad. So uh, there's more and more bugs gathering on these windows because it's ominous. And then the woman who's translating the text... She finds, it says, the Prince of Darkness is sealed and it's the son of the devil, I think. And they fi- they basically find out it's the anti-god son, but they don't actually say Satan or the devil, it's anti-god. Because mm. it's kind of like a mirror image, I think. So then all these people start gathering outside, which includes Alice Cooper and his, his sort of group of people. And then we see a guy, one of the scientists is having a food break. He's got apple skills. Apple skills. Who, so he's like I, flicking it up. I've never seen anyone have such apple skills. He's flicking it up. Yeah. And doing a mouth trumpet. 
weird, weird. Inexplicably sort of impersonating a trumpet, a trumpet quite well. It was very strange. The guy who was annoyed that he missed his date was watching Tom and Jerry, and I was like, do PhD scientists who who are very cerebral and intellectual mm. watch Tom and Jerry? I'm not sure I'm that sure. happens. Oh, they should do a like a, a like obeying the laws of physics cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Called like what, Thomas and Jeremy or they something. They should have been watching Pinky and the Brain <laughs> or Dexter's Laboratory. That's what they should have been watching. So I think uh, one of the one of the girls is like, "Have you seen these people outside? I've been watching them for ages, and they're just not moving. They've literally just stood there for hours on end. It's really really strange." And Kelly Kelly comes, who's the radiologist, and she's like, "My arm hurts. I think I've walked into something because mm, I've got a bruise got on a bruise. it." And then. One of the guys is like, maybe it's nerves. And she's like, it's not. not. Nerves. You can't bruise you can't yourself from nerves. Get a bruise on your arm from nerves. If I had a bruise when I had nerves, I would be covered in bruises. People before X Factor would be black and blue. They'd be <laughs> a big bruise going on yeah. stage. So um, one of the guys, oh, the, guy, the guy who decides... To go home, he he was the the chemist guy, I think, but he'd kind of done everything he could, so he was like, "I'm going home." Not about here, and he sees him. he goes down these stairs and sees a cross on the stairs with a pigeon attached to it, mm. like as like a Jesus. Because at first really I thought weird. it was just feathers, and then when I realised it was a pigeon, it was, it was a like, full oh, pigeon. "That's awful," which full it is, thing. And then we get Alice Cooper in his bike. Oh, and his- Half a bicycle. And his sort of group of people yeah. watching. And he impales him with this bike. But apparently that is a thing that he does on stage. <laughs> it's part of his stage show thing. Mm. So I think he was like, just just do that. Mm, just quite do good. that. Is he into cycling? No, I don't think so. Mm. But he was listening to him also on his headphones. He was listening oh. to Alice Cooper before he appeared. Cool. It's very much an Alice Cooper featuring film. I know, I loved it. It was great. So then it goes back to them sort of discussing this green and they're sort of saying that it might be a life form and it's becoming something else. They reckon they've carbon dated it and it's seven million years old. And then... Seven... Wait, seven million years seven old? Seven million years old. Wow. Yeah. And then they've translated that the container was buried by the father of Satan... And he buried his son in this canister. And that Christ has come to warn us about it. And it's an extraterrestrial human-like race. (laughs) So, basically, it's an alien. (laughs) It's weird. Um, And it, it sort of... They sort of leave it. But then I think somebody goes to... The, oh, the radiologist is still there and she's looking at it and it's like moving around mm. like more aggressively in this canister. But then she looks at the top of it and there's um, fluid coming out of it. Oh. So it's leaking. Oh, no. But it's like leaking upwards onto the ceiling. Yeah, so they've filmed it upside down. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know it's weird because it's, it's, it's defying gravity. Yeah. is going upwards. And then it sprays into a mouth. Ugh. So... She's she's got got by this green. She's, yeah, and from this point on, you're like, right, she's dead. There's, she, even if she doesn't actually die, the character is not going to be the same again. Yeah, I know, right? So then they're talking about that they had they had to hide they had to hide this basically until they could prove what it was, and they had to wait for science to catch up so they could interpret it basically. And it's kind of they're sort of talking about it as pure evil as a force and how. 
man remains in the centre of things and and it's kind of been dormant until this point. Mm. So the radiologist woman is fully possessed. No. And then they look at their... There's, they're sort of looking at the dials and they were like, oh, there's a, a burst of energy that, that's yeah, been emitted from this out. thing and don't know what's going on. And then... And then one of them's like, seriously, really? Because like some of them are still pretty sceptical mm. about what's going on. And then uh, there's some of the girls are chatting and they're like, do we go back to work? What do we do? And then one of them's like, what do you want? Garlic? Cross? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything at this point, I think, would be fine. And then they start talking about how this fluid's psychokinetic fluid. And I was like, it's like the pink goo out of Ghostbusters 2. But it's green. It feeds on negative energy. Is that what it was? Because I have seen that, but I can't remember. It was, yeah. It fed off, off like... Basically, it got more and more and more because it fed off the negative energy of New York because everyone's really surly and miserable. That's like the internet. Everyone's surly and miserable in New York, so it got bigger and bigger and bigger. But then they had to make it positive, and that's Mm. why they sang the song at the end. Yeah, I love that one. It's my favourite. It's great. So... And then I've put, man makes woman leave room. Because he, <laughs> is that when he's like, you could pass as Asian or something? Yeah. He's like, you could be Asian. And she just looks at him and leaves. And then he's like, mm, okay. all right. Well, <laughs> Weird. It's not It's not a compliment, but it's also not a negative thing. I don't know why he said it. No, it, it was, was a weird. strange weird thing comment to say. to say. Yeah. But then he does say weird comments, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And then they're like, where's Susan? And then he's like, oh, she's just outside. But she's not outside. So they kind of go looking for it. They spend a long time searching. Everyone's like, where's Susan? Where's Susan? Susan? Where's Susan? Susan the radiologist. Where's she gone? Have you seen her? Where's Susan? She's a radiologist. (laughs) When they're searching for someone who's gone missing, like on... um, like a montage of like putting up missing posters yeah. around the city. Yeah. yeah. So then this this guy sees her or he thinks he sees her and follows her down to this basement area where the goo is. And they're sort of saying it kind of cuts to other people talking about what's going on with this goo and and they're saying that the power's kind of directed outwards and it's reaching out and influencing things and it can move stuff and mm. And it's all very odd. And then he finds Susan's glasses and then you were like, oh no. no. When you find someone's glasses... Yeah. If a glasses wearer loses those glasses, they... like Some bad stuff's some happened. Bit, yeah. She won't be able to see. That is the last thing a glasses wearer will part with is like you'd have to prise their glasses out of their cold, dead, like, ears. <laughs> <laughs> glasses wearers don't part with their glasses for anything unless no. it's a... You need them. ...criminal situation or <laughs> ghost thing. Yeah. So then uh, Vic- Victor Victor's on about God and the atom and how there's an antiparticle for every particle and it's like the negative side and it's like a mirror image. So we're kind of talking about anti- anti-God. Mm-hmm. Not Satan, but anti-God. And then, uh, and then Donald Pleasers is like, why weren't we told? And I was like, he's going to go <laughs> for Lewis. He's going, he's going up there. I can see it. And then he's like, "We need, we need to warn everyone. This is bad. This is terrible I do news." Love Donald Pleasance. Me too. He's just his presence is like it makes me happy. It's pleasant. <laughs> like his name pleasant. is like short for pleasant presence. Pleasant presence. He is wonderful. I love him. So yeah, they uh, they're talking about like the science and if it is a joke and if it is real and they don't, they're, they're still not convinced some of them. They find Susan she appears, she's got bugs all over her 
Um, and she's oh, like, cool. I think one of the scientists goes outside because he's had enough. Mm. And he's like, I think this priest's a nutcase. I'm not having out to do with it. She finds him and then he ends up with bugs all over him for yeah. some reason. And then a, a homeless man runs up to him and just stabs him. Secretaries. Over and over again. Oh, I didn't like that bit. It was really violent. Really makes a meal out of it, though. Yeah. Ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Which I loved. It was great. And then um, they're, they're reading some more into the translation, and it's one will be chosen, and there's a symbol and a, and a sort of translation. And I was like, that woman's got a bruise on her arm. Mm. That's not good. That symbol apparently was taken from the Blue Oyster Cult album. Oh, it's who are they? They did Don't Fear the Reaper. I'm very ignorant of music. Um, apparently as well, Donald Pleasance wasn't keen on driving and he got lost on his first day. <laughs> That's so Donald Pleasance. So then, so then people had to drive him round and uh, Peter Jason was like, it's the most fun I ever had. He was scared to death the whole way. <laughs> I was like, uh, poor Donald, why would you do that to him? Like Donald Pleasance plays characters who are fearless or they overcome their fears. Yeah. Uh, but obviously he drew on his own experience uh, yeah. to play fearless <laughs> characters. Poor thing. So then uh, we see this broadcast, which is kind of a dream and it's like the outside I, of a church I, and then a dark yeah, I figure couldn't follow coming. what was going I didn't quite understand that it was a dream. But that was point. from the future. Yeah. That was from, was the, from future. the future. So from the year nineteen. Apparently from the year nineteen ninety nine. Futuristic. Yeah, apparently it was I think it was Gary Newman did the broadcast. Because I don't know if it was part of his, like, he used it as part of his album or something, oh, but it was Gary Newman, apparently. But then it was sampled by Marilyn Manson later on. Oh. There you go. The music people are involved in this film. I know, it's loads. It's weird, isn't it? Weird. So, then they have a, a lab meeting. There's not a lot of people left. One of the guys is like, if I go missing, you can have my Porsche to the translator woman. <laughs> I'm like, uh, we'll trade it in for a less try-hard car. She just, yeah, she's just like, right. Then. To be fair, I've never ever driven a Porsche. I wouldn't say no to a free Porsche because I'd give it a go. I mean, a free I've never, Porsche. Never had a go in a Porsche before. Could be so. worse. As long as it's a yellow one. I like the yellow yes, ones. Yes, yeah. I always a yellow one. I'd <laughs> love white. a yellow car. Yeah. Yellow or white, yeah. not anything. But I wouldn't have the red. No, that's too <laughs> like standard. Yeah. So he, yeah, he, um. Yeah, he walks off and then she goes for a nap, which she she's like, I've been staring at this computer, I need a little sleep. And then Susan appears and then it cuts to the broadcast again and, and it's Brian, I think he wakes up like, Ugh. and then the uh, priest's like, what were you dreaming? And he's like, never you mind. <laughs> never you mind what I was dreaming. And then he's like, everyone in a close proximity is having the same dream and it's kind of a... It's a, a, it's a thing, so you need to tell me what it is. And then it uh, it cuts back to the translator and I just put, fuck off, Susan. Because basically she's just climbing she's on top of this poor woman. everywhere, being sick on people. It's and she awful. vomits in her mouth, it's I horrible. I could watch that. I could, I could not abide watching that. It was very Sam Raimi, mm. very Sam Raimi. The stu- some of the students go to find like the missing people. It kind of it kind of escalates. Like one person wanders off and they go missing, and then the rest are like, "I wonder where that person went," and then oh, go to find them. Where's Susan? Go searching for each other. Just text each other. It was if the eighties. They, didn't, well, have they didn't have phones. No. Did you not like tap on the pipes? Just or shout really loud, Susan. 
Where are you? What are you doing? So um, there's loads of people missing. There's a guy. There's a guy who's been sort of knocked out. He gets a drip from the green stuff mm. in his mouth, and then they're still they're still trying to figure out these equations because they're not anything that they recognise. Then it cuts to Kelly, who had the bruise, and she's got this symbol fully yeah. on her arm now. And she's like, I need to go lie down she's because bad. I have blue oyster cult on my arm. It's terrible. Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> just the point where she's like, it's half three in the morning. I'm like, how have oh, you I'd not have been asleep already gone ago. to sleep? Don't most people go to bed at nine? Also, when you're doing science, you need a clear, you need a clear mind. Head. You can't just have coffee. People have too much coffee and then they, they do make coffee bizarre they... conclusions. Exactly. You need a good night's sleep. Yeah, better than coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then I think they have a, they decide to have a meeting and one of the guys goes to get the translator and they're like, we're going to have a lab meeting. And she's sat at the computer typing away. Typing furious. Furiously typing. typing. Basically just putting I live over and over and over and over and over and over again. Then she puts, you will not be saved by the Holy Ghost. You will not be saved by plutonium, which I thought was weird. What? And then in general, you will not be saved. And did then, she type in general? Well, no. I just oh, oh I mean, I sorry. I think she did in general. You will not be saved. Basically, you will not be saved. You will not be You're saved. screwed. I wonder what the actual actress was typing. Because obviously she was typing she without was just, looking. I would have liked to have seen the screen after she'd actually... Maybe she was a very prolific typed. typist. She, I mean, she may have been she typing, have I been. doubt. Yeah. So Susan appears and takes out another person because I think she vomits in this guy's mouth as well. Ugh. And then they kind of talk about... The, the other scientists are talking about maybe we should encase this canister in concrete, mm. which might have been a good idea, to be honest. And and it kind of... The the group of scientists is getting lower and lower and lower, so they're like, yeah, have people just left? Flies. Yeah, they're like, have people just left because they're not into it? You know, what's kind of going on? And then they're like, this is critical work. Please don't leave us. We need to do it. And then uh, I think Donald's like... Have any of you dreamed of a dark figure exiting this church? I think it might be a message. And then they're like, I think it might be a visual message from the future. And then they start talking about how they've managed to get the technology to to send things backwards through time, but it's coming out in a dream. Isn't this a bit of a leap where they assume... Like, I I know the dream says it's from 90... Or the year 1999. But I'm like, isn't it a bit of a leap for them to be like, it's definitely true... That in the future they have time travel, That's mind doing. dreams. Mind dreams, no. <laughs> also, in the year 1999, no one was that far advanced. Well, you know, in the 80s, that's what they yeah. thought was going to happen. I've always found it weird when you watch films that predict the future and they, they never get it right, do has they? Bla- has, has Not that I'm saying I would, Blade but Runner, it's just, you just don't know what the future's going to be like. The year of Blade Runner's already happened, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Back to the Future was 2015 and they had hover cars. Yep. And it's like, but then no one predicted the internet. No. Well, not to my knowledge, and if someone might have done. But it's like, mm. when you predict the future, everyone's wearing like jumpsuits with like Neon. silver zips and stuff. Yeah. But no one predicted that we'd be back to the 90s and everyone would be in like kickers Camo and pants. get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this back? It's like, people didn't predict that. Was that was probably more reasonable. Everyone's to be going fair. around looking like he's 17. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh my God, it is so true. So I think they uh, they see Lyndon outside, who was the guy who got stabbed, and he's like, hello. <laughs> and then you started laughing, because he was like, hello. hello. <laughs> and then he's like, I've got a message, but you won't like it. 
And That's then, like my mum telling me it's time to go to bed. Yeah, and then a load of like bugs come out of him and then he's like, pray for death! And then basically just falls to bits, so it's really strange. One of the other scientists comes and stabs himself in the neck with a piece of wood from the banister and uh, the two possessed women have taken this big canister out of the secret oh, basement no. and taken it to Kelly, who Is was having a nap. Is it on wheels, or did they carry it? I think it was on wheels, because oh, okay. they pushed it. Uh, Donald's praying. He's kind of trapped. They're, they're all, well, they're all trapped. They find out that they're basically trapped in this church, because mm. they, I'm assuming the homeless people have barricaded them in yeah. this church, so they can't get out. The uh, Brian, the moustache man, apparently he injured his shoulder when they were trying to break oh, out. Yeah, and apparently he still says now it hurts. Wow. Like, so what he did to it, I've no yeah. idea. <laughs> so uh, all the fluid pours into Kelly's mouth, who's asleep, Ugh. and I was like, how is she still asleep? And uh, one of the guys sees this happening, and then we get a Susan scare because she appears she again. She appears. That Susan's flipping scary. Susan. She's a piece she of work. Pops up, she hangs around like she a. pops up. Bad smell. She does. She does. The rest are trying to leave, but they can't. Another person gets possessed, and there's like there's basically four of them out of this massive group at this point, and they run away. Uh, they barricade themselves in a room by putting a sofa at the door, but take <laughs> cushions off first. Why would you take them? Oh, well, I'm being attacked through this door. We obviously, we need to barricade Quick. to save ourselves. Get the sofa. Just oh, just take the cushions. Just take the cushions. No, shove it against the wall no, and everything else. Oh, <laughs> crazy. Oh, honestly, Don- Donald hides. All the possessed people are sort of doing this weird, ominous staring. Uh, Kelly's full of this green goo. She looks pregnant because I thought she was cool. going to give birth to mm. something, but she doesn't. Um, she's asleep through this. She's whole asleep bit. through the whole thing. <laughs> it cuts to the morning. There's people still out front. It's all going a bit peak tongue for everybody. Then Kelly starts to like her skin starts to boil and she's mm, all bloody. She looks she, awful. Looks, she looks terrible. Yeah. And then the guy. It's the guy who who said to that woman that she looked Asian. He's kind of hiding and he's like, normally I love being dominated by women. And then he's like, I'm sorry I said that you look Asian. I'm sorry. I don't mean it. <laughs> no, it just doesn't go down well. And then Not a good he's response. called Walter. He's called mm. Walter. So he's hiding. But then it turns out that the other four people are hiding at the and other side of the, the wall. wall. And they're like, Walter, Walter. He's like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> Like, we're trying to help you, dickhead. We're trying to what help you. Doing? you. <laughs> and then uh, they're like, oh, you're in the, the next room to us, right? So she gets, like, a a, a pole with, a, like, a wooden Little piece. Metal thing sticking on the end. And starts poking a hole in the like wall. scraping the wall. It's, yeah. it's barely a tap. And I was like, if you're going to hoof through this wall, you need to be more aggressive than mm. that. And they're like, yeah... Uh, it'll probably take us two hours to get through this wall. <laughs> you haven't got two hours. We don't have time. Your life on the line. You can't take your time. I know. The man who stabbed himself in the neck breaks in where Donald's hiding, and he kind of goes to this big mirror and starts staring at it. Brian manages to he he sort of breaks outside, but then climbs back into the other room the to get in people. with them. Yeah, but he does it really slowly. Yeah. I was like, how? What are you doing? It's crazy. And then they're like, something's going on with Kelly. She doesn't look good. She looks very dreadful. Um, 
they're still poking a hole in this wall the entire time, but like, taking it's like, time. use some force, please. Mm. What are you doing? And then uh, that that guy's like, Kelly's bump's gone. She's all lacerated. She doesn't look good. I need to get out of this room, guys. Could you please hurry up poking a hole in that wall? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the the kind of talking about uh, demonic possession, but not as they expected. And 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 they're sort of saying that Kelly's changing, her bones and her skin are changing, and they're sort of likening it to a parasite growing into yeah. a host, which is ugh, it's horrible. And then they're like, oh yeah, that bruise that she had on her arm, apparently it's ritual magic. Did no one think to mention this before? No, no, no they did one not. It. Uh, Donald is reading the Bible and hiding at this point because he's like, well, I'm just going to read the Bible and see what happens. Kelly has like mad telekinetic powers now. Yeah, she's, she does. She's all she kinds of demon sort of thing. That that guy's freaking out and she's trying to open the door to get to him. Mm. So then he starts smashing the wall from oh, the other side. Finally, like, why didn't you, you do that? Why could you have done that earlier? Definitely could have done. Busy telling stupid jokes. I know, what dumb idiot. Like, oh, it it drives me mad in horror situations where people are suddenly like, oh, I need to escape. It's like, you should have escaped an hour ago. I'd have been trying to get out of there yeah. from the get-go, to be honest. I wouldn't have sh- shown up. No, I probably wouldn't have done mm. either. Because I'd have been we like... We would have been getting C's in the degrees. God, God, Jesus, I'm not interested. I would be like, I feel like I need a weekend off to study, actually. <laughs> yeah, I've worked too hard. So he he manages to escape through the hole, but they follow him because they basically grab hold of him and then drag him out, mm. but they're attached to him. Yeah. So then they start hitting the girls with the bricks to yeah. try and get It was a bit off. violent. I didn't like that bit. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Kelly looks at herself in a compact and she tries to reach into the mirror of the compact. She has a bit of a reaction when she sees a reflection, doesn't Apparently she? Apparently they did those uh, effects with mercury. Oh. Yeah, they use like liquid mercury to reach mm. in, but because obviously mercury is really toxic, they had to use prosthetics. Uh, so that's why okay. sometimes the arms look a bit weird. Yeah, well, I think it was a good idea to use prosthetics because yeah. mercury is not cool. Yeah, that's it. So she ends up finding this giant mirror where the other guy's staring into it, and she she keeps saying "father," I think, mm. and then she uh, starts reaching into that mirror, and it kind of glows like this yellow colour so it's obviously a big portal this one. Donald finds an axe yeah, which is good. That was handy. And he sort of, he's like big on unclean spirit and he chops the arm off which goes into the mirror but then her arm grows Just back. Just regrows yeah. in an instant. Then he chops her head off but she puts that back on so it doesn't really work and she crushes him behind this big sort of unit thing. Yeah. And then he's like oh no and then I think she says come to freedom so she puts her hand back in the mirror and then a, there's a dark figure mm. reaching towards her which i assume is the figure that they've seen in the dream not cool. so she's she's kind of pulling something out of this mirror but you don't see what it is but then uh mustache's girlfriend comes and leaps shoves. at her shoves her through the mirror Ugh. and herself and then i think Donald Pleasant smashes the mirror. Yeah, good. Good and then work, Brian, Donald. But Brian sort of gets there and he's like, no, because his girlfriend's mm. lost to wherever it is. And then everything kind of stops then. The people who have been possessed like fog comes out yeah. of them. And then the people who were outside, all the homeless people, disperse. they just walk just, off. Yeah, just walk off slowly. Um, and that's that. And then 
it cuts to the emergency services there and they're bringing all the dead bodies out. And then uh, Donald's on a on a stretcher and he's like, we stopped it through the grace of God. I stopped it. Hooray. They did. They did. It's all good. Um, poor Brian is sad because he's lost his girlfriend because she got lost in the uh, mirror portal. And then I think, is it Victor Wong? I think Victor Wong is like, she's waiting on the other side, which I thought was quite interesting mm. from a scientist to say. Yeah. Because it's that kind of blur of religion and belief and science. Then it cuts back to this dream where somebody's coming out of this church, but now it's her, it's her. coming out of the church. And then he wakes up and then sees Kelly next to him with all her messed up face. And then he he's like, jumps a little bit. Well, you would jump if you saw that. If I saw that in the morning. Ah. Yeah. So uh, he then goes to the mirror and then reaches to touch the mirror. But before you see whether he goes through it or not, it finishes. It finishes. Bean. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, um, John Carpenter and Alan Howe have completed the score in four to five weeks. Oh, wow. 45? 425. Um, and then he says he, wa- he basically watches the scenes on a TV set and creates the tunes using yeah. a 24-track, which he likes to call Mickey Mouse in. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but, yeah, that's what he uh, he likes to do. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. I think that kind of... it's It's interesting, the sort of mixture of religion and science and how... Almost one complemented the other, mm. which is quite unusual. I think I liked In the Mouth of Madness a little bit more, but it was good. This is my least favourite of mm. all the three, but I did like it. Yeah. It wasn't bad at all, yeah. but In the Mouth of Madness had a bit more kind of act, like action. It, could, it all sort of took place in one one place. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I did quite like it. I think it is quite interesting. And it's kind of the start of that Lovecraftian sort mm. of stuff that carries on in Mouth of Madness as well, which is quite interesting. And it was almost like the people who the sort of scientists believed and then the people who were religious kind of almost stopped mm. believing because it was something different than they'd held to what they believed. Yeah. It's crazy. Religion is a funny thing. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think it's it's good. It wasn't bad, was it? It's good yeah. to round off the trilogy. Yeah, I would give it a three overall, a two for Gar because she looked a bit gross. Was a bit grim, and maybe a two for humour. There were some funny bits. There's some bits that I found funny. I did want Loomis to go full Loomis, though, yeah. but he didn't. I enjoyed the apple skills. You don't apple see that skills. very often. There was a lot of apples in there. I there was loads of apples. I'm assuming that was kind of a religious Maybe. Thing. I don't know. Apparently he said everything was in there for a reason, um, like a significant yeah. reason. But yeah, I think I'd have to watch it again to mm. to really grasp what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I recommend. It's good. Give it a go. Why not? Yeah. Next week, we're going back in time. Ooh. We're going to do a black and white film Ooh. next week. We're going to do Les Diaboliques next week. Right. I've never um, ever even heard of that. Yeah. What's that about? I'm not telling oh. you. It's good. No. Okay. Well, it's I'll good. Try. It's kind of a mystery sort of like deception y sort of thing. Yeah, well, it's good. I'll give it a try. It's good. It's Why good not? fun. So, for next week, watch Les Diaboliques. And in the meantime, we are on Facebook at Wonderful and Strange. We are on Twitter at WNS Horrorpod, and we're also on the emails at wonderfulandstrange at hotmail.com. And we're also on Buy Me a Coffee. 
if you want to request a film or take advantage of our extra content we are on there as WNS Horror Pod. Yeah, that's us for the that's week. That's it. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home live cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home live cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home live cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. 
And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.